You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. It's the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. It's where you go when you need to vent. You're thinking about the Packers, you're driving in your car, and you're like, you know what? I just had a thought. That happens to me all the time. In fact, I I, I get so mad when I forget to like write stuff down or take notes because it's like, ooh, I should talk about that on the podcast. And then I just I sit down to do the podcast. I'm like, I had four ideas and I'm just an idiot. Because every time I'm like, oh, I'll remember. You won't remember. So when you have that thought, that brilliant idea in the shower, well, don't call me in the shower. That's dangerous. You're going to break your phone, and it's super weird. Um, wait until you're out and dressed and, uh, you know, et cetera. But call the number 608-501-0718. Voice your thoughts. Let us hear it. Because those are always the best ones. Those are the ones that that are brilliant. They hit you in a flash, and if you don't put it somewhere, it's gone forever. And you got two options. You can start your own podcast, which is a lot of work and a lot of effort. And the problem is, how often do you get those brilliant ideas? If it's once a month, I mean, that's we're we're not talking podcast. If you get it every day, do a podcast. If you get them once a month, once a week, call 608-501-0718, and we'll just talk about it right here, right now. Uh, New callers, by the way, go to the front of the line. We do not have any new callers. And I just remembered that I was worried I was going to skip Garrett's second call. But now that I remembered, we don't have to. So, Garrett, start us off. One other thing I uh, forgot to mention, I was wondering if you'd uh, delve into uh, guys that have left Green Bay. All right, I guess I lied. We did do that yesterday. Uh, Brian. Hey, Ryan. It's Brian from Connecticut. Hey. I took the time to listen to the, the McAfee show and uh, Roger's interview and you know, heard the quote that I was talking about, but the... Uh, the aspect of the interview that got me thinking more was when Rogers was talking about yeah. coaches. He mentioned a lot of coaches that he's had good relationships with, none of whom are currently on the Packers staff other than the glowing recommendation that he gave for Rich Bisaccia yeah. to leave the staff. Uh, and while complimenting Bisaccia, he started talking about if you want to be a player-led team, yep. you need to do X, Y, and Z, and that's what Versace does. 
But you never mentioned anything about LaFleur. I had this exact same thought, and it was um, the the comments that he made is, you need to be respected, not liked. And he really hammered that point, and he, he didn't mention LaFleur either positive or negative, but there was just something about the way he said it that led me to believe that LaFleur is not that guy. LaFleur is not the respected guy, he's the liked guy. Saying, that's what we have in Green Bay, or... Uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of coaches that I love and respect to play for, you know, maybe um, LaFleur being one of them or Steno being one of them, but he didn't mention anybody on the Green Bay staff. Before this, I was very, very on the uh, don't think he's going anywhere train, but I don't know why that interview kind of changed my perspective and wanted to see your thoughts on his uh his comments on the coaching. I got a, I had another question for you. If I remember, I'll call you back. Bye. No problem. Um, no, I had the same thought. And he didn't say anything explicit. And, and he didn't say, you know, if you want to be a great coach, you got to do this. And, and Rich Pisacci is a guy that does it. And, and you know, nobody else. He, I, it was just that he, he was so emphatic about it. There was just, it's just a vibe. And that's it. And it's entirely possible that he loves all the coaches and Matt LaFleur and all that stuff. But if you listen to it, you can form your own opinion. But there was a feeling of, like, it's a source of frustration and he was getting it off his chest, you know, when he was talking about it. When, when you know, he said, I, I believe the quote, I don't feel like going and looking it up. But the, the quote more or less was, people talk about being a uh, a player's coach. And that's fine, but... The point of being a player's coach is not to be liked, it's to be respected. Being respected is what's what matters. Um, and again, and, and listen, I think the other reason is because I have a vibe already about Matt LaFleur that he's not that guy. You know, again, when, when you've got Matt LaFleur, and, and maybe we're blowing this whole thing out of proportion, but looking over to Aaron Rodgers saying punt or punt, you know what I mean? Like, the, And then whenever Rodgers is mad, LaFleur kind of puts his head down and doesn't want to talk to him and just has that whole... Th- that he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that demands and commands respect. He seems like a really smart guy and a really nice guy, and I'm sure he supports his guys and all that stuff. But I think that's, again, whether Rodgers is right or wrong, I don't know, but it felt like he was voicing some form of frustration, that that Matt LaFleur specifically is a guy that is liked but not necessarily respected. Again, I don't want this to be blown out of proportion. I'm not saying that this is what happened. This is what he said. I'm just saying it was sort of the vibe I got, which is partially based on how Roger said it and partially based on my own preconceived notion of how Matt LaFleur is as a head coach. Of course, I remember this is a hung up. You mentioned uh, finding our own A.J. Brown in today's yeah. show. Or yesterday's show, whatever show it was. And I've been thinking the same thing. What receivers might be available at draft time, uh, who are looking for extensions the same way um, A.J. Brown moved on and Hollywood Brown moved on and uh, took a look. And if I'm not mistaken, I think the crop we're looking at this year would be the T. Higgins-Michael Pittman year, 2020. And I didn't really see – they also have your uh, Ayuk's and other first rounders, um, 
but I didn't see anybody who I thought um, was a game changer who I thought might be available. So if you take a look at those 2020 receivers, um, anybody you think Packers would want, should look at, and or might be available. Um, love any thoughts on it. That's right. Yeah, so it's funny you mentioned the T. Higgins thing because I just happened to notice in passing that this is becoming a thing with the T. Higgins trade, which seems silly, but um, there's been a lot of talk about this article in which they said that T. Higgins is likely to be traded. And again, Twitter is kind of stupid in terms of how things get phrased. When you look at it on Twitter, it sounds like it's a done deal every single time. But essentially what the article via The Athletic, and this is uh, scrolling, scrolling, um, Paul Denner Jr. wrote an article called Bengals Offseason Path Part 2, Cap Casualties and Extension Candidates. Now, for, for the for, so we're clear, T. Higgins is under the extension candidate section of this uh, article. But what essentially he's saying is they've got two top-end wide receivers. And it may not be feasible if T. Higgins says, look, I'm a number one, I want to be paid like a number one, they may say, sorry, I can't do that. And they even cite A.J. Brown. It says, Higgins is not a free agent. His contract dictates he reports and plays for the last year of his deal worth $4 million, but conversations need to be had about a long-term contract. If the numbers are outrageous and it's clear the two sides won't see eye to eye, the Bengals could go the route taken by multiple teams in recent seasons and deal the receiver for a top draft pick and start the cycle over with a rookie receiver. A.J. Brown was dealt in Tennessee to Philadelphia for picks 18 and 101 last year. The first-round pick turned into blah, 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 blah. But they're talking, oh, they talk about Stephon Diggs, and, uh, you know, they went out and got Justin Jefferson. Something else I would point out is is Dallas. Remember, Dallas had um, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, and Amari Cooper. What did they do? Well, they didn't pay everybody. They traded Amari Cooper away. So the, the thought is... They're in a similar situation with two top-end wide receivers, which is interesting because the conversation around the Packers for years has been you need to have two or three elite wide receivers, but now we're having a conversation about you can't have two top-end wide receivers, so somebody's got to go. In fact, we did that with Jordy Nelson. We said, look, we can't afford to pay this many elite wide receivers all this money. I think it was Randall at the time. Randall Cobb just got a bunch of money or something. I don't know. Um, I don't know who else it would have been, but... They said, we, we, we can't afford to pay you also. So that's when they gave him that really low ball offer that they said was disrespectful, and he ended up leaving. So that's, that's what we're talking about. Now, the, the, the question then becomes, though, if they can't afford to pay him, can we afford to pay him? Because the only way that he leaves Cincinnati is if he says, no, I want that you know, 25-plus million dollar contract. And Cincinnati says, look, I, I, we can't give you 25 and then come back and give Jamar Chase 30 next year or whatever year it's going to be in a couple of years. Like, that's, that's going to be too much. But if it's $25 million that he wants as a, as a minimum, can we afford to do that? Now, I know we're not going to pay $25 million up front. And maybe you could look at it and say, look, if we backload the contract like you always do, $25 million contract for him, the hit is like, I don't know, 10 this year, 15 next year, and then it balloons after that but guess what at that point Rodgers is off off of his like his money's gone some of these other guys their contracts are going to be gone um this is when we're starting to clear up money and so how many big name contracts do we even have at this point I don't know I mean you maybe have Rashawn maybe Kenny I don't know 
maybe you look at it from that standpoint and say it's feasible, but we still got to get to zero this year. <laughs> you know, even a $10 million hit for a wide receiver is going to be a lot. So that becomes the problem, right? Plus, we're talking about draft capital, right? Could you imagine if you traded Aaron Rodgers for the Jets pick and then had to give away like pick 15 to go get T. Higgins? That would suck. I mean, you, you, you almost swapped Aaron Rodgers for T. Higgins. You can't do that. That's crazy. And then have to pay him on top of it. So that, that becomes the problem. There's, there's a scale of if you want a really good one, if they even exist, you have to give up draft capital and money that we don't have. If you want a more of a discount, then you end up doing what we did last year and you get the discounted wide receiver and everybody pisses and moans and says, no, I wanted a really good one, but we can't afford a good one. And that whole process and cycle repeats itself. So the bottom line is I don't expect that to happen. But if you're looking for a target, T. Higgins does make sense. I would like to thank Sam Holman for uh, hyping me up even more about uh, Mazzy or Mazzy Smith. I was super excited about him before, um, and then I keep hearing things about him, and Sam keeps posting more and more facts and, like, different measurables about him. And my draft is at full mass right now, and I fully blame Sam. Um, if you're not following Sam Holman, by the way, you are missing out. That dude covers the best information on Twitter. Like, get over and follow him right now. But, yeah, Sam, thanks a lot for that. Um now I got to change my now I got to change my pants again. Good God! Go back, go. Neat. Um, I got to figure out how to even edit that. I have no idea. I think I'll just do the basics here. But, um, but yeah, I have also seen that. I saw Sam Holman post it, and his his following must be growing like wildfire because as soon as I saw him talk about Mozzie Smith, um, everybody was talking about him. Like it was everybody's like draft crush and everything else. And I was like, what the heck is going on here? Um. No, I, I, I really like him, not even so much from a play standpoint, but it's funny, as soon as I see a Michigan defensive lineman, I immediately think Rashawn Gary. And the funny thing is, I'm watching this video, and I'll, I'll play some, maybe I'll just let it run through because it's pretty awesome, but they're talking about him in this video that I'm uh, watching. And what do they talk about? Hard work and dedication. And they show this side by side. It's kind of funny. When he showed up, I think they said he was 340, and as soon as he got there, they're like, you got to lose all this, the, the, the bad weight. You know, he, he was he was big, but he just didn't look, wasn't very much, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm sure he's ridiculously strong, but he just looked fat, let's just be honest. And then they showed a side-by-side, and I don't know that he lost a lot of fat, but the amount of muscle he put on his body, oh my good lord. He's bigger, he's twice the size as he was when he got in there and they're like, you, you've got to lose all this fat. He's twice that big, his traps are the size of my head, he's got like two heads on each shoulder. His arms look like beer kegs. But I want to play this. See, see if you can find it online. Mozzie Smith side-by-side side or something. I'm sure it's on uh, Google somewhere. But um, I want to play this clip real quick. This is when they were playing, I think, Iowa or something. And they were talking to the coaches. I don't know who they're talking to. But they were asking about, you know, do you know who this guy is? Here's what he said. They've got the defender, Mozzie Smith. I think 55 or 58 or Whatever he plays. He's a guy that's like 350 or whatever he is. Yeah. yeah Looks like a refrigerator. Except he can move. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to hear, but he was asking about him. Like, you know about this defender, Mozzie Smith? He's like 355, 358. And the guy said, yeah, I think he's 355. Looks like a refrigerator, but he can move. And then immediately after that, here's what his teammate says. 
Uh, he looks like a refrigerator, but he can move. I feel like if a brick wall could move, that's Mozzie Smith. I don't know how you stop a brick wall. Think about how much space a refrigerator takes up. Take a refrigerator and throw Different it down the as fast as it can. That's Mozzie. A guy who weighs that much is that big, going up the stairs that fast, it's like, how can you possibly do that? They showed a clip. By the way, go to YouTube. Um, if you type in Mozzie Smith, when I did it, it was a top video, but it's size, speed, strength. Mozzie Smith checks all the boxes, Big Ten Network. But they showed a video of him as these guys are talking, and he's going up these stairs, and he's just jumping up the stairs all the way. I mean, he, he this guy, unbelievably athletic for the size that he is. Now, he's listed here at 337 pounds via PFF. He said his sweet spot is to get down to about 225 or something. But either way, the guy, he's just an absolute monster of a human being. You're not supposed to be moving that fast or being that that skillful at that size. I always prided myself being fast for a big fella. I knew I was strong, but I didn't know I was stronger than a lot of people like that, you know? And I like being able to say I do things that other people can't. Mozzie Smith is not just strong, he's strong, strong. But anyways, um, that's just a little clip. I, I, again, the, the thing that I like is I love what Rashawn Gary brings to the team in terms of his work ethic. And I just get the feeling that this is this guy. He shows up to Michigan and they say, we have to transform your body. He's like, cool, let's do it. And he doubles his freaking size. He's an absolute beast of a human being. And he's unbelievably athletic. And you don't get that way accidentally. I mean, I understand genetics are a major part of this. But you have to work hard to be able to do the kinds of things he can do to move the amount of weight he can move at the speed and velocity that he can move it. But um, first two years, he didn't play a ton at Michigan. Played seven snaps and then 51 snaps. And then 2021, he got his first opportunity, had a 75.6 grade, 72.6 run blocking, 72.7 tackling, 68.9 pass rush, and uh, actually does decent in coverage. I'm guessing those are like batted passes and stuff. Um, And then next year, takes a, a minor jump, but gets up to an 80. Run defense is his biggest thing, which is not surprising, 81.3, which I think as Packer fans, we look at that and go, let's go, dude. Like, you know, 25 pressures on almost 400 attempts is lacking for a pass rusher. He's not somebody you want to take in the first round. Um, I'm sure some people are going to pull the TJ Slayton and say, oh, no, 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 he's he's a great pass rusher. And listen, if you're that athletic, you're probably above average, but I'm just looking at the numbers. Um, 21 pressures on 393 attempts. 6% pressure rate for a 337-pound defensive tackle who is primarily a run defender. And look, you can just say it's up to opportunity, the thing that they're going to be asking you to do. So because he's not going to be that guy that's getting you 10 sacks in a season, he's not going to be a first-round pick. Now, could you take a flyer on, on an elite if you believe he is a truly elite run defender that brings some pass rush ability and is an athletic freak You know, in the second round? 100%. And that's actually where he's projected to go right now. And I'll tell you what, if the Packers are drafting at the back of the first round, with him sitting at about the expectation of him being 48, maybe the Packers would take a flyer in the first round if they were picking pick 30 or something. I, I don't think so unless they believed he could be a better pass rusher, but um, given the needs they have in run defense, just having this big, monstrous, massive, immovable object, uh, that would be pretty exciting stuff. But yeah, I, I just watching him, you know what? he he is very much my style of defensive tackle. This is the kind of guy that I like a lot. If you want to get me excited about an edge rusher or a defensive tackle, find me a guy that's going to launch out of his stance, grab the guy in front of him, and have complete control. 
You know who he reminds me of? And the, and, and the guy never became a very good football player. And he was, I think he was like a fourth round prospect or something. But he was one of my favorite guys a couple years ago. His name was Rennell Wren. Rennell Wren didn't do a ton, you know, after the snap or whatever. But the one thing he always did is he just had raw power. And he'd stand up and he would just completely dominate. And the, the great thing about Maisie Smith is every time he launches up, you watch the offensive lineman. And that's one of the fun things I like to do when I watch either edge or defensive tackle is not just watch that player, but watch the guy they're going up against. Because sometimes it's like they're not even doing very much, but you look at the offensive lineman and they're bent over backwards. And that's Maisie Smith. They're, first of all, he's going to launch out of his stance and he's going to gain a yard. And he's going to have complete control of the guy in front of him. And the offensive lineman is going to have his arms extended and his head is going to be lurched backwards. He's more powerful than anybody else playing football. He's just a big, violent wrecking ball. And also, look, if you're a team that uh, has guys like Rashawn and Preston who primarily their pass rush style is to compress the pocket, right? We're not trying to get around the edge or whatever because you don't want guys being able to escape out of the pocket. You want to compress it. Well, the only way that works is if there's push up in the front. Right? If there's no push up front, then you're not really compressing anything. But if you can get Preston and Rashawn to push from the edge and get a push up the middle, it's game over. And so you get a guy like Maisie Smith, he might not be the guy getting the sack, but he's going to get the assist every single time. He's going to be the unheralded guy to where, you know, Rashawn and Preston are getting all, you know, they're having to jump in their sacks and everyone's praising them, not realizing that the only reason that they're there is because the quarterback had nowhere to go. He couldn't step up in the pocket. I'll I'll stop talking about him in a second, but there there's a if you watch Maisie Smith first TCU twenty twenty two, it's also on YouTube. Um at about thirty-eight seconds in, just go to thirty-five seconds and watch the play. He's going up against the guard number seventy-nine for TCU. And initially it looks like he's not really getting anywhere and he's in this kind of awkward stance and he just uses his right hand. He turns his body. Sort of that one arm is longer than two mentality. Turns his body, puts his one hand into the guy's chest and just pushes him out of the way. Like he's stuck for a half a second. He's like, nope, forget this. And just uses one arm and just launches him completely out of the way. He's just he's just a ball of raw power. And those are always going to be my favorite guys. That's why I like Raekwon Davis. It's, it's just, there are a lot of really good technicians at defensive tackle. But get me a guy that's just raw power. I'm going to like him. Anyways, I have now wasted about a half hour looking at this uh, explosion in Billings that has apparently something to do with a balloon. I don't know. This is this is the problem with being completely out of the loop with the news and then all of a sudden trying to immerse yourself in it. Like, dude, there was an explosion. Everyone's like, dude, I wonder if that's the balloon. I'm like, what balloon? So now I got to go down this rabbit trail and now I'm hearing all these conspiracies about, dude, no, there's like dozens of balloons and they're checking out all our stuff and why did they blow it up in Billings and... You look at it, they're like, oh, a jet went by. I'm like, dude, that looks like it comes from the ground. I don't think that was a jet. I think that was a rocket coming out of the sky, blowing something up. And then I'm like, you're supposed to be doing your podcast, stupid. So it's getting a little late. Why don't we take a break? We'll come back on the other side and take a few more of your calls. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. 
So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, Ryan. Brian from Connecticut. Hey. Listening to the After Dark right now. Attaboy. And you just went over Oren Burke's grade and got me thinking about your comments. I forget whether it's from the Packernet or the After Dark podcast. But I forget, too. About are just all of the defensive coaches at San Francisco good or what's going on over there? And, and trying to combine that with what Clayton had Mike Wall on a few weeks ago. They talked about how the Packers coaches things they're lacking are the developmental um, portion. You know, they might be great schemers, they might be good or bad in-game coaches, but what's going on in practice? And, and my thought is maybe Shanahan, as much as I don't want to give him credit, is leading that team and directing the D.C. on how to run his practices, how to focus on developing or developing players. Uh, that's why they are consistently the top defense. That's why their DCs consistently get uh, posts for other jobs. That's why people like Warren Burks go from uh, subpar grades in Green Bay to uh, you know, all pro, alternate, or all pro bowl alternates. Can't speak this morning. Pro bowl alternates in San Francisco. Um, I guess that's why your thoughts on. Uh, Green Bay's coaches as uh, coaches behind the scenes developing players. Um, that's what I personally think they're lacking uh, more so than on the field. Thanks, Ryan. You know, it's funny. All I could think about, and this was several years ago, but the 49ers remember being dinged for that exact thing. Um, they were talking about how teams always, and I've mentioned this a couple times, but teams always believe in their ability to develop. And sometimes they believe in it a little bit too much. And maybe the Packers are on that. I don't really know. But, um, you know, so so the problem is your GM likes to draft the high upside guys, right? He wants to draft the Rashawn Garys, the Darnell Savages, the Jordan Loves, the whatever, right? They, they, they're developmental prospects, but if they can reach their peak, they're going to be elite. Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, I mean, go down the line, Christian Watson. Uh, Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt. And um, 
Yeah, I mean, if, if, if you draft with that philosophy and you don't have the guys capable of developing, you're just going to have a garbage football team. And it's also entirely possible, guys like Oren Burks, go to a place that's better at developing and is able to develop those players. Now, it doesn't have to just be broadline developing, right? You are good or bad at developing. It could be scheme. There could be other things. You know, I, I know for a long time, the offensive line. I mean, look at what the Packers have been able to do as far as developing that. It's really incredible. So, you know, putting out the broad the, uh, notion that, you know, they're good at it and we're bad at it. Um, I think linebacker has always been a problem for us. I mentioned uh, Blake Martinez, and that wasn't even just Packers. I mean, it, he was, I thought he was good here until Mike Pettin showed up, and then all of a sudden he wasn't good. And then um, we got rid of him and he went somewhere else and he thrived again. Um, now we got a new guy and, and you know, we, we well, I mean, we've, we've got a linebacker that for the first time in his life has been quite quality, even if he took a step back this year in Devondre Campbell. Um, but Oren Burks wasn't a fit for whatever reason. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we suck at developing certain things, uh, most things. I don't know. Uh, we did a great job with Rashawn Gary and Jair Alexander, not so much with Darnell Savage. The question is, could Darnell go somewhere else? And 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 honestly, we've even I have, and I think others have speculated maybe that is the case with Savage that we're just not utilizing him properly. Um, even with Jair, you know, we're we're drafting these guys that seem to be these physical press man corners, and we have them playing off and zone and all this stuff, and it just seems to be a mismatch in terms of who we're drafting and how we're developing them, and how we're utilizing the talents that they have. And that's the other thing. It may not be necessarily developmental. It's, it's well, it, 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 it's, it's, it's fit. You know, is, is it a good fit for what we do here? Are your skills a good fit? And um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it would take a pretty, it would take a lot of investigating to really look into that. Um, and I don't even know that you could properly do it, but you could certainly do it from an observational standpoint, just in terms of looking generally at these things. Again, when you look at most players when they leave, they were almost the exact same. The, I think the only real exception was Oren Burke. And is that because the 49ers are just great? Well, I mean, you look at a lot of guys, you know, Hafunga, that guy was a stud. Like, where did that come from? Maybe it's just them. I mean, when you have the number one defense guys show up, yeah, that's kind of what, I mean, look at the Chicago Bears when they had that year where they were dominant. Everybody on that team was dominant. Guys that had played for 10 years, like Prince of Mukamura. He's always been decent. He's never been dominant until that year in 2018. He was dominant, right? Everybody was elite that year. And then the next year, they went back to being whatever. So maybe you take Oren Burks and throw him into an environment where you have the number one defense. You know, you got the corners and the safeties and the pass rushers and everything else. And yeah, you can thrive a little bit. There's so many variables. It's hard to really say, but that uh, generally that, that can be a problem. As a team, that needs to be a major part of what you do. I mean, draft and develop, right? That's the entire formula for the Green Bay Packers since forever. And I'm guessing almost all teams, if not all teams, draft and develop. And uh, if you don't have the develop part of that down, your team's just going to suck. The question is, are we doing a good job of that? And it's, I, I don't know. I'd have to take a step back and look. I, I, I look at what, again, we do with the offensive line. Um, I mean, Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs as rookies came in and performed at a pretty high level considering, you know, the outside of like first round picks, it was George Pickens, Christian Watson, and Romeo Dobbs, two of which are Green Bay Packers. I mean, maybe there was somebody else. Sky was okay. Sky Moore, I guess. Maybe one or two others. I don't really know. But, you know, draft capital um, 
considered. I thought these guys came in and did a great job. I think a lot of guys have. Hey, Ryan. Brian from Connecticut. Hey. I really need to just wait until the episodes are done before <laughs> I call. No, because what's going to happen is you're going to forget. That's what I'm saying. You just got to get it out right away. I don't call multiple times. <clears throat> I, I haven't seen this address on, on Twitter or anywhere else, but um, you know, with all of uh, Roger's um, feelings about himself, I, I, I haven't seen anyone ask the question, does Roger, all these talk about Roger's going to the Jets, yeah. is that way too Favre-esque? Um, you know, it's always been Roger's following Favre and their stats in the last game were almost identical and, you know, everything else. And, and obviously Favre was traded to the Jets. Um, with uh, something maybe Rogers looks at as a challenge, he can do better there, or uh, knowing the way he uh, loves himself um, and might not want the comparison to Brett, what do you think about him actually wanting to go to Big Town, New York City, following Brett Favre? Um, yeah, just want to get your thoughts on that. Go back, go. I do think that's a pretty big factor. Um, it probably shouldn't be. I do think it's probably a good fit. You know, again, you've got the weapons. You've got the coaching staff that seems somewhat competent. You've got the defense. You've got the pieces there that you've kind of always been wanting, and it, it sort of makes sense despite the fact that it's the Jets and they always suck. But I think he's taken great strides to try to not go down the path Brett Favre has gone down. He saw it, and he didn't really like it, and Brett Favre didn't really like it, and I'm sure they've talked about it, and Favre's like, look, you know, here's the mistakes I made. And the fact that it's looking so similar to that, I mean, again, remove the fact that he actually retired and came back. Everything else is the exact same. Every year it's will he, won't he. It was the same with Favre. Favre decided he wasn't going to go to things like OTAs anymore, like I'm not doing that, I'm not doing these stupid practices, I'll show up when I need to throw footballs and games and stuff. That's what Rodgers is doing. Um, And then, yeah, to, to be kind of on the fence and end up getting traded and going to the Jets, you know, I mean, if again, if you really don't want to follow those paths like Brett Favre did, it's got to weigh on you a little bit to be like, dude, I, I don't think I can do that. I, I mean, it's way too, it's way too insane in terms of following exactly what Brett Favre did. And I just, I can't do that. So I, and that's the question, like, I don't know. Rogers seems to come off as a guy that's much more level-headed and a guy that, that doesn't really let stupid things like that bother him um, and would be like, you know, I, I don't really care about that. I'm just going to do what what's right for me and for the team and everything else. If it's a good fit, I'm going to do it. But who knows? Who knows how much that weighs on him? I, again, I don't think it should matter, but you absolutely could see why he would just say there's no way. Like I, Pretty much any team but the Jets, I can't go there. Which would suck for the Green Bay Packers because that's the team that's going to go all in. That's the team that's going to offer a massive package. Like, I'll give you a first and a second this year and a first and a second next year. Let's get this deal done. You know, I'm just like stupid stuff. Or potentially, you know, I'll give you a first and a and a really good player or something, you know. Um, I mean, they've they've already made the mistake of of laying out their intent to do it, which is going to raise the stakes for other teams too, which or, or maybe their strategy is they're going to clear the field. If people are going to oh, forget that, I'm not going to compete with the Jets being stupid. I don't know. But they've already made the mistake of of showing their level of desperation. 
And if Rodgers at any point says, I'm not going to the Jets, that's going to hurt us tremendously. Hey, Ryan, I know you were uh, confused by Nico's call. Yes, I was um, hoping somebody and, would call it. Thank fair, you, it was, it was a little scatterbrained. Um, he might be the only person I've ever met, uh, Nico. Shout out to other people with ADHD. <laughs> wow, um, I thought mine was bad. But I, I do understand because I have ADHD and because uh, I, I was on right. when I called in. He was referencing um, my call about how we should get a bunch of money, a bunch of gold bullion together. And uh, maybe a human sacrifice. Human sacrifice. And, uh, the evil cabal who runs the NFL, um, so that we could pay for a Super Bowl. You know, like 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 you do. Now I like forgot what do. Nico said. Um, so that's I, I believe what Nico was talking about. Um, man, I love Packernet after dark. This is <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm sure other people have said it, but this is just like a genius idea. Um, it's it's more like fan therapy than anything. Um, today's a good day. I, I I'm not calling into. Uh, to swear a bunch. Wow. Um, it's a weird occurrence. I mean, I did have to edit your last call. Yeah, so starting the day off good. That was That's, yesterday. I think, what Nico was talking about. Go back up. Well, surprise, surprise, Nico's up next. Nico, you want to uh, you want to lay it out for us? Hey, Ryan. Nico. Hey, man. Uh, I do apologize. As I'm listening to you <laughs> ramble on your podcast this morning, I realized I kind of forgot what I was talking about, too. And I didn't really convey to you what Nate said. Nate mentioned how we had tried on... I think on the Wednesday podcast, but we did try to win the Super Bowl with like talent and coaching. Maybe we should try to get more into the, the cabal of evilness and maybe some human sacrifice. Sure. I don't know. So that's what my uh, six minutes of who knows what I was saying was about. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, being evil and stuff. Yeah, and dude. Worship the devil and maybe sacrifice somebody. Hey, they could volunteer or they could be volunteered if you're if you're doing it for the slash right reason, I guess uh, it's really not up to them. But that's what I was referring. Sorry, you thought it no, was it's all right. good. Now I wish I could uh, remember what you said before. So yeah, uh, hey, go back, go and uh, once again, sorry I was rambling and idiotic. Uh, you have a great day. Bye. That's what I expect from these calls, so you don't have to apologize for that. But I can't comment on it because I can't remember what you said. But generally speaking, you know, I I would rather not. Um, go down that road of human sacrifice. Um, maybe we could let's let's like just dip our toe in rather than like going head first into this thing with human sacrifice, devil worship. Like, what if we dip our toe in and we're like, I don't know. How do you how do you how do you just start these things? I'm not I'm not up on it too much. We could um, do some with a black cat, not kill it yet. I mean, we'll again we'll get there, but. Like you just get a black cat and hang out with it, or is that just is that just bad? Like the black cat's just gonna ruin your life. Like okay, you can hang out with me if you want. I'm gonna curse everything, including the Packers, and you'll never win another game. Like I was thinking breaking mirrors, but I'm just thinking superstitions where you get bad luck, and that's I'm going down the wrong path here. But um, I mean, I guess dipping your toe in is kind of like trying to wear the right T-shirt. So maybe if you dip a couple toes in, it's like maybe we start burning stuff, you know. Um, we could start sacrificing, like, for example, if we play the Raiders, and I don't want to burn your Devante jersey, but, but, but you know how you, you, oh, we could do, uh, voodoo dolls, voodoo, and and you could bring, (laughs) this is terrible, we can get our kids involved, right, it's like craft day, like, okay, kids, we're gonna make dolls, can you make a doll of Devante Adams, please, 
that would be great. Yeah, that looks just like him. And put a 17, yeah, make it out of clay and like sticks and stuff. And then during the game, kids, it's going to be so fun. We're going to smash the crap out of them, okay? So like if Devontae, like if you see the ball go up in the air, we're going to rip Devontae's legs off. Does that sound fun, kids? Just on the off chance the ball's going to Devontae, we want his legs to fall off in this play. We could, I mean, I'm just saying like little stuff before we, um, you know, before we, let's move on. Uh, Chris from Alabama, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, Ryan? Chris from Alabama, man. What's uh, going on? <laughs> I'm calling in, man. Do you want to hear some stupidity yes. right now? I so bad. stupidity for you. So bad. I know if you're anything like me Probably. and from listening to your podcast, I'm pretty sure you are. Yeah. Stupidity <laughs> is not how you listen to things that you can tolerate. Yeah. <laughs> but Check this out. All right. So I'm watching Undisputed this morning. <laughs> okay. And um, they got a little little segment about the deal where uh, Roger was at the program and the guy asked him about uh, they had any news. He said he wasn't going to San Francisco, and then he said he looked good with the Starlers. Hell, he didn't say anything. So we already know Skip Bayless. Skip Bayless. <laughs> um, this, Cowboys this is the man that – Hurts my nerves yep. by saying that Aaron Rodgers is one in four in NFC Championship games. He can't get it done when playoff time. So now, why tell me? Why is this man lobbying? <laughs> literally lobbying for Aaron Rodgers to come to the Dallas Cowboys. That baffles my freaking mind <laughs> and is irritating as all get out. Yep. And if I let a cuss word slip, I apologize. <laughs> I'm try my best not to. I got it really, ready. It's, it's really irritating. This man says that the Packers should trade Aaron Rodgers for Dak Prescott. No. Straight up talking no. about trading problems for problems. Yeah, no, I'm out on that. Are you serious? <laughs> now, I probably shouldn't even be as upset. Or irritated by it because it's really a bunch of nonsense and it's probably not going to happen. But to even suggest <laughs> that Green Bay trade for Dak Prescott? <laughs> Are you kidding me? No. You want Aaron Rodgers give us two first and, and, and somebody else, not Dak Prescott. You trade Dak Prescott to the Jets or to the Saints or to the Colts. And get some draft capital, and you can throw an extra second or third round pick on top of them two birds or something. Don't nobody want that Prescott. I would rather go with Jordan Love. I would rather go with Jordan Love to see if he the guy. We know what that Prescott is, a quarterback that is overrated, highly overrated, because I don't know where all this top ten garbage comes from when they talk about that Prescott. He's definitely not top ten. At all. Not at all. He is a quarterback that's going to probably put up numbers in garbage time, and he's not going to get it done. That was his three minutes. He did call back, but that's a nice little pause there. First of all, first thought that comes to mind, it's really going to suck when Chris from Alabama starts his own podcast and he stops calling into this show. Number two, um, it is annoying because I know it's all basically fake, but for Skip Bayless, who spent years talking about how great Dak Prescott is, 
I'm, I'm assuming. I don't. I guess I don't really know. I know he's a huge Dallas Cowboys fan. I'm sure he trashes Dak, and then he goes on talking about Dak as elite or whatever. He, these guys go back and forth all the time. But for the sake of argument here, praises Dak Prescott and trashes Aaron Rodgers every chance the man gets. And then as soon as he gets a glimmer that maybe they can get Rodgers, it's like, oh, 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 yeah, go get Rodgers. You can take Dak. He's trash. He's been full of crap this whole time. The guy knows that Dak and Rodgers, it's not even a close comparison. Rodgers is miles ahead of Dak Prescott. Dak's not the answer. They never should have paid the guy. And now he's wetting his shorts the second he gets the, the a glimpse that maybe possibly this man for one year could come to Dallas and help you get that Super Bowl that you haven't seen since the 90s. Now you're going to worship at his feet after you've trashed the guy for all these years. So yeah, I absolutely understand where the frustration comes from. Chris, please finish your thought. All right, one more time. I yep. knew I was, I was going to rent and I was going to ride time. Okay. Where was I? Yes, he's a turnover machine. He will not get it done. Definitely not get it done. But for Skip Bayless, the guy that that hurts my nerves by saying Aaron Rodgers is one and four in NFC Championship game. Why do you want him? <laughs> it done got that bad in Dallas. That you want the guy that you say that can't get it done in NFC Championship game to come to your team to do what? Get to the NFC Championship game and lose again? <laughs> I guess that'll be an upgrade since the Dallas Cowboys haven't been to an NFC Championship game since 1995. <laughs> Man, that is the stupidest, <laughs> stupidest thing I have heard <laughs> today. And it's only 10, 11 in the morning. So it's a long day. So I might hear some more stupidity about this Aaron Rodgers trade. That is very dumb. But if the Cowboy would want to trade for Aaron Rodgers, what do you think realistically that he would give up? That's a question you can uh, answer. Uh, of course, we're doing hypotheticals here because, like I said, I doubt that that happens. But Dak Prescott is not it. So if they were to trade for him, think they'd give a king's ransom for him? Uh, then let me know. I'm done with my rent. Y'all have a good day and go pack go. Yeah, so obviously the first round pick is 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 an automatic, but they're picking at pick twenty seven, so that's kind of garbage. Um I agree we probably want two first round picks. Um and with the assumption that, I mean, again, this is all fake, but just for the for the sake of it, because you trade Aaron Rodgers to Dallas, there's a very good chance that they're going to end up doing some stuff in uh, in in Dallas. But um, I'm trying to look at their players and say, who would we want as a player trade? So let's say a first, a second, and a player or something. Um, they already gave up one of their wide receivers. I don't know that they would want to do that again in terms of, you know, you look at a guy like Gallup, who I think just got paid. I'm not entirely sure. I don't know how much work I want to do, although I am really interested in this. Um, maybe Zach Martin's on the way out. You get a year with him. I, like you said, no chance in the world do I want Dak Prescott. I don't want Ezekiel Elliott. Um, obviously, they're not going to give up a guy like Micah Parsons. What do they got in the defensive line here? Maybe throw in a guy like Malik Hooker, safety. Played in Indy for four years. Uh, last two years in Dallas. Actually had an elite tackling grade. He's, he's uh, listed as a strong safety, but he's graded out pretty well every year. 60s and 70s, which is 
solid enough. I mean, just a consistent player, but we're talking two high picks and a player because they've got like three safeties that grade out pretty well. Something like that. Anyways, um, it is getting very late over here. I need to get going. I haven't even had dinner yet, and the kids probably got to go to bed and whatnot. I need to go to bed. Uh, I really do appreciate the calls. Fantastic day. Um, and again, if any of you guys decide to start a podcast, just please, whenever you can, just call in anyways. All right, don't, don't forget about me. It's all I ask. I don't mind being used as a launching pad, stepping stool, if you will. Step on my face to get ahead, good for you. But don't forget about us little guys. When you're up there in the stratosphere. You guys have a good night. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.